folks, we're going to get started. A warm welcome to the Adult Forum. We're doing things a little bit differently today. Um, it's, uh, as you can tell from breakfast, it's not our usual fare. Uh, Shirley Mensa, your senior warden, last year decided that it would be a good idea to showcase diversity at our breakfasts. And over the course of the last year, we've had some wonderful breakfasts from uh, West Africa, from Jamaica, and we decided, uh, after hearing from many folks in the congregation who had been to the dinner clubs, the supper clubs organized by Welcome Neighbor STL, that we should invite the Welcome Neighbor folks to talk about the work that they're doing. And it took some work because, as Madeline said, this is the first time that uh, Welcome Neighbor has done a breakfast, and I think it is a big success, don't you? So I'm going to invite um, Madeline Gruska to talk a little bit about Welcome Neighbor um, and about what is on offer today, both for breakfast, uh, the handcrafts that are available, and to talk about the mission of the organization that they work with. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting our organization over to prepare breakfast for you all. Um, I wanted to let you know I'm the former college roommate of Leslie Scoopmeyer, who is now the um, pastor over at St. Martin's Episcopal, and they were longtime members here. Um, also, thank you to Father Mike for inviting us and for Cheyenne. Um, I wanted to introduce you to the cook. Her name is Kaula Alzaloof, and this is Kaula. Kaula is one of our many cooks that prepares usually suppers in the evening in people's homes or in different churches and mosques. Um, and I will explain to you how that got started. I also wanted to introduce you to her children, two of her four children. We have Hanin here and Leif here. And we have Aman, who is also the husband of Jida. And Jida is a crafts person who sells her crafts in Tower Grove Park with some American friends and other Syrian friends as well. So, and then Jida and Iman's daughter Wafa is here. They have three children and Wafa is here. The children will be singing an Arabic lullaby for you when we are done. So I thought you would enjoy that. Um, so on November of 2016, um, this is before the Muslim ban. Um, several young men in the Hodiamont uh, housing project, which is at Etzel and Skinker. Is anybody familiar with Hodiamont? Yes. Okay. Um, it's not a good place to live, but because a lot of our families that are coming as immigrants and refugees are so large, um, it's an affordable place to live. So they flee the war, they end up in whatever country they are stuck in, and when they're given the lottery to come to America and they come to St. Louis, International Institute sends them to Hodiamont because that's an affordable place to go. Unfortunately, um, the conditions are terrible. Uh, there's a lot of bed, buck, bed bugs, um, cockroaches, broken windows that don't get fixed, and um, there was a mugging that happened October of 2016. Jessica Bueller, um, had one of the businesses in the U-City Loop. 
It was the tobacco shop there, and um, she heard the story. She also met some of the Syrians that were smoking the hookah, you know, in her neighbor in her business. And she decided to have a toiletry drive on next door. If you're familiar with next door. And the response was overwhelming. Um, and she felt like, okay, this was a very positive experience. They were able to meet some of the families that they gave the toiletries to. And that's how Welcome Neighbor was born. Um, so our organization is growing. A lot of us are pretty upset politically um, right now that the borders are closed. And so it gives us a way to let our Muslim neighbors know that we appreciate that they're here, that we love that they're here. Many of them have to start over, most have to start over, and the love that mostly the women have for cooking is just fantastic. They're fantastic cooks, and to be able to make money for something that they do so well um, made a lot of sense. So the Syrian Supper Club was started about a year and a half ago, and about 20, at least 20 cooks are now preparing meals in people's homes for catering parties, as well as in mosques and churches. 100% of the proceeds all go to the cook, minus the cost of the food, of course. So um, Jessica and her organization has really gotten recognition here in St. Louis, and she re recently won the Women of Achievement Award. Um, and that was held last week, and so they did a three-minute video. So I just wanted to show you the video of Jessica, and it kind of briefly explains Welcome Neighbor. And then I will have Kaula share a bit about her life coming from Syria to America. So I'm going to press play in hopes that this will all work for you. And I hope you, I hope you can hear it. Welcome Neighbor STL was formed in November of 2016 after I read an article in the Riverfront Times about a group of Syrian refugee teenage boys who had been attacked in the area. I thought, what other issues and what other problems is this vulnerable population experiencing? It's very hard to come to America when you don't speak English, when you don't know anyone. So many people that have lost their families that have been devastated by the war in Syria. When I came to America, the life was very difficult, without language, without um, job. Went out to meet the people, to meet the families, and to learn from them what their challenges were and what we could do to help. We learned that the apartments were filled with bedbugs, cockroaches, there were shootings in the area. It was a very unsafe area for these people. So I created a posting on the next door platform that connected all of the neighbors in the area and let them know about this problem. And we were overwhelmed by the response of the neighbors coming out, bringing donations, clothing, shoes, toiletry items, you name it. St. Louis responded. She came to visit me and she invited her American friends. I told her I need help to learn English and uh, learn how I can live um, in this is new country. With many of the Syrian refugee women, they had never worked when they were in Syria. So we thought, what can we do to help accentuate the skills that they already have and that they love doing and to bring their culture to St. Louis? And we thought, what better way to do it than through cooking? And so we started a supper club event 
To date, we have held 55 supper club events. We have raised over $80,000, and we have served 2,700 people in St. Louis. And 100% of the proceeds go back to the Syrian refugee women who cooked the meals. We host them in churches, community centers, synagogues, temples, mosques, any place that invites us to host a meal. She, she supports me and helped me to build my own business. She has her own catering company. She's doing between three to five catering jobs every week. Syrian people came to America to create their own life and good life for uh, their uh, children. And Jessica, she helped all the Syrian refugees people to create uh, their good life. One of the things that inspired me to start Welcome Neighbor STL is the fact that my mother left when I was very little. And I always thought, why is God doing this to me? That my mother would need me. But I realized the older that I got, that God wasn't doing this to me. God was doing this for me. To be able to open up my heart, to show me the pain that other people feel, so that I could be an advocate for them, and to show them unconditional love in the same way that I always wanted to receive it, but never did. I spent two weekends each month to feed uh, the homeless people because I want to give back uh, to the American people in the same way when Jessica gave back to me. We are very thankful and grateful to this amazing woman. So now I'm going to introduce you to, um, to Kaula again. She's going to share a little bit about her life in America and her life coming from Syria to St. Louis. Um, this is a map, a map of Syria. And um, Kaula is from a city, do you know Lake, where mom is from? Down here. So she is from Dara. So she was very close to the border of Jordan here. And um, Leif, how old were you when you lived in Syria? You were one years old. Okay, so you don't have much memory. And then Hanin was born in Jordan, right? Yeah. And then Hala was born in Jordan? No, Hanin was born in Syria. In Syria. Okay, so she was a baby when they traveled over. And then um, Badir was three. Three years old. Okay, so you want to come up? Okay, so Kaula is, um, I am her family partner. So that's one of the things we do besides the cooks, um, the cooking supper clubs, we have family partners where we try to surround each one of our Syrian families with Americans um, and support them in any way that we can. Um, and every family's needs are different. Um, Kaula now has to be the breadwinner of her family because her husband, Rakan, um, became disabled in Jordan. He had a very serious fall. And, you know, being the primary caretaker of the family and then having that taken away has been very, very hard for him. So uh, Kaula started working in a daycare and she did not need to know any English to work with the baby, so that was really fortunate. Um, and she's bringing in money that way. And, um, and then the cooking supper clubs also help supplement their income. 
So, Kala, do you want to say where you went from Syria after the war started? Where you went? From Syria to...
سانتا لويس واشكر مادن جيسيكا جين يعني احنا ما اجينا هون يعني ما بنعرف حتى تعرفنا على جين مادن جيسيكا سانتا لويس ونشكر لانه يعني المدارس كويسه كثير ونزال عم نتعلم She said uh, her, her uh, kids have a new, uh, like fresh start with a new school and uh, new friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, they live like uh, same now. Yes. Okay, so they're very relieved. She's very relieved that her children are safe now. I think that the parents are the ones that are still dealing with the trauma of Syria and the war and the transition, but the children are very resilient, and so they love their school. They do not want to move from their apartment. They live over in the Bevo Mill area, um, just in a one-bedroom. Something we've learned is that in St. Louis, there is a, an ordinance that you can only have two people per bedroom. Well, the Bosnian refugees who came over, gosh, seven or eight years ago, have now become landlords and they're kind of closing their eyes to the size and they're allowing larger families to move into their apartments because they know what it was like years ago because otherwise families would not find an affordable place to live. So they have made their home a wonderful home and they're at the Booter, Booter Elementary School um, and they just love it there. Um, we recently got a, a raised garden bed in their backyard. We talked to the Bosnian landlord because her husband was a farmer and a taxi driver in Syria. So to see, I wish I could show you how proud they are of the plants that they just planted two days ago. Yeah, and it's, it's already growing and they're so proud and their father is able to show the children how to raise these plants, and that's something that he can do even though he has this disability. Lots of blessings, BJC has been fantastic. Um, the head of neurosurgery has agreed to do the, the back surgery of her husband. Um, that was you know, a friend of a friend that made it happen. Dr. Santiago, if anybody knows him, he lives right near this church. Um, we're just so glad that Kaula has a job part-time. We do have people that are sponsoring the rent. Um, we also were doing tutoring. If anybody is interested in teaching English, we have a workbook that we purchased called Ventures One. It's very life skills based. We just now purchased um, volume two as well. We have three Syrian women that are still waiting for tutors. You meet with them one day a week in their home for one hour and they will share their life, but also they're desperate to learn English because it helps with employment later. And it helps with the supper clubs talking in English here as well. So that's been, um, that's an opportunity. Family supports is an opportunity. Um, supper clubs, catering if you would like to have a dinner in your home. All of this, all the prices are on Welcome Neighbor STL website um, as well. Also this summer, we were able to get lots of free tickets to Circus Flora, to the Muni, to Magic House. These children are going to have these enriching experiences that will give them really good adult lives. And we feel like the children are who we can really tap into um, to become very healthy adults, even though the parents still emotionally are struggling. Um, so, does anybody have any questions at all? 
It's Ramadan right now, so all the adults are not eating until the evening. Um, the children, none of you are practicing fasting. Some, you fasted yesterday. Okay, so some kids feel like an adult by saying, today I want to fast, you know, like mom and dad, and that's really cool, but they're realizing it's not easy. <laughs> the fast all day until sundown is at 8.05, I think. The sun goes down at 8.05. So they're very hungry until then. Did either one of you fast? And, and Lace said he fasted as well? Do any of you want to talk about school at all? You three. Would you like Lace to say a little bit about school and your teacher? Or what you just earned? You got a free ticket to something yesterday? No? So he got a, a ticket to um, Six Flags, I think, for reading so many books. And he's so excited. He's never been. So, so exciting. Okay, so the children are going to sing a, an Arabic lullaby, and they know it very well. I'm going to have Leif stand in the middle, because he's the man. That's what the girls said. And then the girls will be on either side, and we will turn it on. So let's have you stand in front of the podium. Come stand here. So Leif, you're going to hold this. Wafa on one side. Hanin on the other, okay? But make sure your mouths get really close to the microphone, and I'm gonna turn on the song, okay? So, Eman, it's the first one? It's the top? Okay, we'll make sure it's nice and loud. One moment. <laughs>
so thank you. Let's see here. Turn it on. Can you hear? Nope. Maybe good. Hello, hello. Okay. All right. Um, so if anybody is interested in seeing any of the crafts that Jida has um, prepared, she does jewelry and um, macrame, and I believe she has some uh, desserts over here on the right side. If anybody is interested in learning about family partnering, we have a flyer over here and a sign-up if anybody would like to consider teaching English. The men need a male tutor, the women need a female tutor. Um, and when you enter the home, you always have to take off your shoes and you will be given some wonderful food. Their hospitality is fantastic with their Arabic coffee and tea and sweets. But um, it's, a, it's a beautiful relationship that people have had. By the way, I've only spoken about Syria. We do have three families from Somalia who are at Hodiamont. Hodiamont has many refugees from many different countries. The Syrians are the ones that responded when we knocked on the door. Many other people were skeptical, what are those people wanting from us? So, but the Syrians were very eager to have the relationship with Americans. So um, we're hoping to build on um, the number of refugees that are in our organization. So are there any questions at all? Okay, well thank I, you. Yes? So, um, one of the, you've heard a couple of things about uh, refugee policies and the way it impacts nonprofits uh, and even churches that want to respond. Remind me, where's Lucy Creed? I saw you here a second ago. She snuck around. Lucy, where, would, where did we have a family from as refugees before? From Nigeria and, and Vietnam. So refugee policy in the United States has changed a great deal. It's changed in the last few years and it's changed several times. Uh, the Episcopal Church writ large is one of seven agencies in the United States that is, uh, has a contract with the U.S. government to settle refugees. So we have a program um, that's the Episcopal Refugee um, Settlement Network. Uh, when I worked on the staff of the presiding bishop, a full half of the presiding bishop's staff were worked in settling refugees. We don't actually do settlements in St. Louis. The contract in St. Louis is uh, with the International Institute. But the Episcopal Church has some relationship with the International Re uh, Institute. That was a change that happened, if I remember correctly, in the Bush administration. Before that time, um, our system was much more like Canada's, where independent organizations like churches, a group of neighbors could get together and sponsor a refugee family. So we learned as we were trying to figure out how to rent our house on Gannon that we actually could not rent our house on Gannon to a refugee family because the way that the U.S. refugee policy is structured and St. Louis's policy, um, the International Institute can only settle people in the city of St. Louis, not in the county. And so that's part of what's going on is churches like us in the county can't host refugee families given the policy. So it's really tricky, complicated. There's a lot of bureaucracy um, between folks that want to serve and the neighbors. So organizations like Welcome Neighbor STL are doing really creative work, working around the system, doing things like tutoring, um, like breakfast clubs, that allow for relationship to happen. Because one of the things that we've seen with refugees is that relationship is key. Until you know 
what your neighbors are facing. There's nothing you can really do to make a change so that things are better. Um, so I really want to applaud uh, Welcome Neighbor for the work they're doing to build bridges, to build relationships. And, you know, that kind of work to connect folks to doctors at BJC, that's all relational network that does that. Okay, I've talked a little bit. Are there questions from the congregation? Warren. Unfortunately, that's an International Institute question. Um, the numbers are very, very small. Um, you know, nobody has come in, you know, since the ban um, at all. But Syria, unfortunately, there are not many Syrians here. They're all migrating to Michigan. Um, outside of Detroit, there's a very large Middle Eastern community. Two of our Syrian families just moved on Friday. It was very sad for us, but I think the men have a hard time learning English, and so they want to be among other people that speak their language. The women were very sad to leave. That's what we were hoping, is that Welcome Neighbor could let them know that we want them here, we're going to give them opportunities to thrive here in St. Louis, but we need to become a welcoming or um, community welcoming city. One thing I, we didn't say, we did a GoFundMe page and we raised $12,000 to give 12 families in Hodiamont a $1,000 deposit to move out of Hodiamont. All 12 left. Um, most moved to Afton. Afton is where many Bosnian families also have moved or South County because of the school districts. They learned that where their children were in the city, at, in that area, were not good enough, and so they had heard Afton. Afton is becoming a very diverse school district right now. I would say the majority have moved to Afton. Um, Kaula is still in the city in the Bevo Mill area, and the kids seem very happy at Booter. But um, that was really exciting to know that we could help 12 Syrians, but of course there are many other refugees in Hodiamont. And it's just your neighbor. Hodiamont is just down the street, maybe five minutes. So um, the families are still there. Yeah. There was another question too. Nancy. What does the tutoring commitment look like? That's a really good question. It's ongoing right now. And so no one has left yet. We've started probably, we had a, a class at Grace United Methodist Church and there were 12 women. We realized that the women kind of considered this a social hour and spent more time speaking Arabic together <laughs> than English. So now that's why we're pairing up one-on-one. -on -one. So we now have about 15 um, mothers with 15 St. Louis teachers, two men, all the rest are women. So, I mean, your goal could be finishing book two, you know, and seeing how it is. Also encouraging the tutor and the student to go out into the community and practice the English that way. That's what makes most sense. Going to the botanical gardens together, going to the grocery store together, using the English in a different way. Also, in the end back of the book, it has a CD. So you can give homework assignments to your students. Um, it's really a fantastic book. And it just goes over topics that they will need right now um, in their daily life. But um, I would say the end of book two, and then you can go from there. Um, there are 10 units per book, and most are done with book one. Training 
is informal. We'll meet at a coffee shop, um, the interested volunteer and myself or other volunteers, and we just show you the book and we talk about the process. You know the English language well, so it's really relationship, and then the book is quite easy to follow. Um, so there's no um, expertise needed. So. So in addition, so there are handicrafts to check out. Um, there are delicious desserts that you can take home with you. Um, there's also, I wanted to make a distinction, our usual breakfast collection goes to support uh, breakfast and know that this breakfast we, we are, it is a lot more expensive of a breakfast for Holy Communion to host this morning than we usually do. So, um, and, and then, you know, I, this is the time of year when I ask you if you're not caught up on your breakfast donations, uh, think about doing that. But there's also a donation box by the coffee cups. Donations in that box go to Welcome Neighbor. Um, they also have the facility to receive funds online at their website, welcomeneighborstl.org. Uh, As we said, all of the proceeds from breakfast this morning go directly to the women who cooked breakfast this morning uh, to support their livelihood. They can take home the food for $3 a take home. Oh, so it's $3 a take-home if you'd like to take home some of the food um, this morning, if there is food left over. Uh, they have uh, uh, doggy bags for $3. Any other questions? Well, will you join me in thanking the folks from Welcome Neighbor SPL? And thank you so much. Next week is our last breakfast of the season, our last adult forum. Uh, the Reverend Mark Smith and I will be hosting a pretty informal discussion. Uh, this is the last Sunday of Godly Play, so we'll be adults and kids together. But we'll have a pretty informal discussion about um, intergenerational programs and forum presentations for this year and start to look forward to next year when we come back in September. I uh, hope you will join us one last Sunday next Sunday. Thank you all very much. See you in church.